my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Julie Poinsano. How are you, Julie? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. Uh, Julie has has been um, really, uh, really patient this afternoon as I was working through trying to get back and get on with her for this talk. And I'm super excited to talk to her. Julie uh, was one of my favorite students as she was here at Cal Poly, and she was a 2014 graduate of the program, and she is currently the Director of Rooms Operations at Fairmont San Francisco, so uh, uh, a, a hotel that I'm sure a number of you listening have heard of, and um, we're super excited to get to talk to her about what she's doing and her journey and all of that, but Julie, first of all, just welcome, so great to see you. Thank you so much. It's so great to see you too. It's feels so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like um, I, I tell people, Julie, that um, really this is just my excuse to get to talk to people that don't that I uh, that I haven't seen and talked to in a while, and it's uh, it's so nice because you know you guys you guys leave and go out into the world, and a lot of times we don't get a chance to to reconnect with you. So this is um, this is just my effort to reconnect. You know, so I, I love that part of it. Let's talk about where where did you grow up, Julie? remind me. Yeah, so um, I grew up in North County, San Diego in Encinitas. So okay. um, on the beach, uh, which was a really great, great place to spend your childhood. Um, spent a lot of time at the beach. Right on. So a SoCal, a SoCal gal has, uh, has uh, ended up in NorCal. Yeah. <laughs> Never would have thought that, but <laughs> never would have thought that, huh? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, what did what did your folks do when you were growing up, Julie? Um, so my mom was a marketing manager for hot tubs, um, and my dad was a golf club designer. So um, they actually met working in golf too. So they met at work. <laughs> Nice. Well, um, you probably don't know this, but um, I found golf during the pandemic. So I'm oh, a really? I'm a golf nut now. Um, Julie can see me, but we can, because we can see each other over Zoom. So yeah, I've got my golf apparel on and all that. So uh, so did you grow up playing golf? Did you? No, um, it was definitely one of those. Um, you know, when it's in your family, you kind of avoid it. Sort of sports for me. I got. I know completely. Uh, I've, tri- I've tried with both of my kids, and they're both like, "Nope, Dad, that's your thing, not our thing." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I was with it. <laughs> right. Well, what was what was your thing growing up? What did you get into? So I definitely loved sports. Um, I spent as much time as I could playing sports. Um, I played soccer and field hockey and lacrosse and then would fill the time outside of them with, um, you know, sports outside of school sports um, or going to camp, playing sports. So anything I could kind of get my hands on or be in a group sports situation was what I was trying to do. Nice. Right on. What about brothers and sisters? Do you have any any siblings? Yeah. So I have two brothers. Um, My younger brother, he is actually living out in Europe right now. He, my dad's from France originally. Um, so he never got to take advantage of using our passport. So he spent the last two years living in Paris. Um, right on. Yeah. So he's, to visit? 
Um, yeah, so I've gotten to visit him a couple of times so far. So wow. he's doing great. And then my older brother, um, he went to San Diego State and he's, um, you know, it's mid thirties now, but when he was in school, he actually lost vision um, and became legally blind. And he ended up picking up, he had always played golf because of my dad. Um, and he actually learned how to play blind golf uh, and became the world blind golf champion a few years in and has continued to play and became an inspirational speaker yeah. and ties in the power of interdependence into um, all of it, like sport, work, everything. Cause my dad guides him on the course. Uh-huh. Oh, wow, Julie, that is really fabulous. I, um, you'll have to, you'll have to send me a link um, uh, to, to some of his talks and, and whatnot. I would love to, that is, that is really awesome. Really awesome to hear. And, and, you know, with, um, with, with our major and you probably took, um, you probably took, um, uh, RPTA 255, which is leadership, uh, for diverse groups and, um, and therapeutic rec. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was going to say, I was wondering whether it was, um, whether that was, um, what we called it when you were in school, but, um, but yeah, we, we now call it leadership for diverse groups. And, um, and so our, our students obviously, um, you know, you know, learn a lot about uh, working with, with people with disabilities and, um, the, the adaptive sports, um, it's just so amazing what what um what we've done and how far we've gone with that and um I don't know if you know but like um Cal Poly is pretty is pretty great with um with adaptive sports our engineer our engineers have done um a lot of really great things um in partnering with kinesiology to do like adaptive kayaking and adaptive surfing and all that sort of thing so that's really really Very, fabulous to hear yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, and um, um, so really cool. Tell me about um, the path to Cal Poly. You know, everyone has their own story about how they they know about Cal Poly or whatever. But obviously, with you being a, a SoCal gal, you, you've got the uh, uh, Cal Poly Pomona was closest to you. So how did you know about Cal Poly San Luis Obispo? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think there's a, dec- a good amount of people that talk about Cal Poly Slow. So growing up, it's sort of a name that people know. But I think um, more than anything is the value. So honestly, I mean, it was I remember having this conversation with my parents about, well, I, like I wanted to go out of state or wanted to talk about these other options. And uh-huh. they sat me down and sort of like looked at how much that would cost and how much debt I would be in yeah. and how equally valuable and high quality the education is at Cal Poly. Yeah. And I I just I I couldn't see a way that it made sense to put myself into a ton of debt for equal education. So um I got really into the idea of Cal Poly and um sort of looking into that. I um knew someone through a friend, Nikki Harth, who uh oh you did, did yeah, yeah, we we went to the same high school. Um, so when I was awesome, really, yeah, that's really cool. I said so. I should tell people for people who don't know, um, Nikki Hearth was the second ever podcast uh, interview that I did, and um, makes so much sense. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I remember doing college tours, and he 
took me to the RPTA club and said, you need to check this out. And it was just seems like so much fun. I didn't really even understand how yeah. that's what everyone's doing for school. I was like, that's exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah. I love it. That is awesome. Very <laughs> cool. So, um, I obviously know how involved you were when you were here in school, but um, let's let's talk a little bit about those school years, right? And um, you, you know, I, I like asking this question. I know it's such a hard question to like pick out one moment or or one experience or or, or but is there something, one memory that really you look back and you're like, oh wow, that's one of those enduring memories that I'll never forget from your time at Cal Poly. I. I think it's more so just the the feeling that everyone had because what I what I remember distinctly and feeling very proud of was that I had gotten to school and within my first few months of working with all of you in the department um, I mean I definitely knew I made the right choice but within just a month or two months something like that I decided that I wanted to study abroad my second year uh-huh. and I didn't know if that was something we could do and everyone was just so supportive and helped me figure out how to do that, even though I was just entering my first year of school. Yeah. Um, and so after like two months, I think, of being at school, I had already signed up to spend my entire second year in France. So um, and it was, you know, amazing. And it was just so supported. It felt really great right. to have that. Well, that's that's uh, so wild, Julie, because when you were telling this story earlier about your brother, I was like, I feel like I remember that Julie studied abroad in France. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So so tell us about that. You know, I, I think we let's touch on that a little bit more. I uh, you know, obviously with having a wife who's a tourism professor, mm-hmm. I, I know the value of of um of you know getting out of your comfort zone and traveling and visiting a different culture and 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 all that goes into that. Um, but I think it's important for us to to talk about it. So tell us about what that experience was like, was like, and um, do you feel like it was a good decision that you made to, to study abroad? I think it was the best decision. I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And it gave so much opportunity to just see different things, go different places, see the world. Um, and I mean, I just, I don't know, I made this decision, you know, two months into the first year and committed to an entire second year. And it, just felt right. I made long lasting friends. And I mean, I I did have a bit of a personal reason with my dad's family being out there, but it gave me this opportunity to sort of live this alternate life for a year that I didn't, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do without. So I kind of got to see all these different things in just one year, but still it really brought a lot to light and helped me sort of see what I was interested in and what I liked culturally. And um, so it was, yeah, it was great. I, I loved everything about it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. That's awesome. So now looking back, Julie, and, and, you know, you've had a, a, a long and, and, and really great um, early career um, in hospitality and tourism. But if you can, if you can look back and think about your time at Cal Poly is there something that you did from a professional development perspective where you where you now look and you think to yourself like oh wow this that really helped me to propel me um you know to what I'm doing now is there is there anything that comes to mind I mean I think I just always either wanted to ask questions or connect with people so I I I thought that the more I asked or 
connected and asked new people, the more I would sort of understand what I liked and sort of try to figure out how to get to that. Um, So I don't know if that's a very (laughs) distinct answer, but I think it, it really helped sort of testing out the waters in a lot of different areas. Right. So that it was almost like that curiosity really helped you, right? Is that what Mm -hmm. you're saying? Yeah, definitely. And you, and you worked at the Cliffs Resort when you were in school, right? I did. Yeah. So, So, um, so before I left France, I really wanted, I actually think I applied for the Cliffs my freshman year and uh I don't think I heard anything, which, um, so then I, I really wanted to be able to work at the Cliffs when I came back. So I was pretty adamant. I made a point. I moved up to Paris for the summer after that year. Um, I was in the South and then I moved to Paris and I found a job at a hotel, um, for the summer. Uh-huh. And then I came back and applied to the cliffs and again uh, got, yeah, exactly. <laughs> applied again and got a job as a front desk agent. And I spent the rest of my time at Cal Poly at the cliffs. I love it. So I want to ask you about this phenomenon, right? And so um, a number, I, I, I feel like this is a thing. I don't know whether it is or not, but I want you may, I, I would like love for you to reflect on it. I feel like that sometimes um, students, um, get a position working for a hotel at a front desk or whatever, and then they go, "Oh no, I don't ever want to work for a hotel again because uh, the front desk is where you know you 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 get all of the problems and and um and you know it can be a it can be a tough position, right? Like working in that sort of thing. So tell us about what your experience is like because you're one of those who uh, started working in school and then you continued on in hotels. Um, so what was it? Uh, what was that experience like at the Cliff? And um, and is that a real thing or am I just making that up? No, I mean, it's definitely a thing. Um, I, I, I mean, I loved it. Uh, I think obviously that sort of led into my career. It was, I don't know, I just, I thought it was so fun just being in the front and interacting with people and everything was sort of changing throughout the day and you were trying to fix things. And I just, I really liked that part of it. Right. And there was something I don't know why it didn't bother me having the rotating shifts but to your point I do think it's very important to sort of when you're testing that out see if it's something that could work for you or not because it's not for everyone and you know if it's not for you it's definitely not for you so um, I think it gives an opportunity to sort of test that out and see if that's something that you really like a lot of people sort of say you're either kind of addicted to hospitality or you're allergic so if you know, if it's not for you, it's totally okay. There's um, lots of other options, but I think it can also be something that people really get into and really love. And it's sort of, you just get thrown into it. Love it. And you, and you know, you know, if you know, right. Is that kind of how it is? Right. Absolutely. I (laughs) I think you're either like continue trying to do it or you're like, "Eh, I'll try something else. So. Right. And, you know, I think about my own experience, Julie, with interacting with front desk and it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, it's almost like as a customer, you know, too, right? You're like, yeah, they are really, really good at this. This person <laughs> may, is making my experience so much better or the other where you're like, um, why are you doing this? <laughs> absolutely. No, there's that's absolutely true. It's, you know, yeah. and that's fine. Like everyone has their personality. So it's definitely something to figure out whether it's for you or not. But, um, you yeah. know, it can be really fun, too. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about um, you know, that 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 pathway, right? And so you have um 
you have a, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been with Fairmont um, since you left the cliffs. Is that right? So since yep. you left Cal Poly, yep. did you start, was your internship, did you stay at cliffs for your internship or? I did. So I, I, yeah, yeah. so I had kind of decided that I wanted to stay in hospitality and I actually um, used my senior paper to uh-huh. do some research. So um, I wrote on uh, a few different loyalty programs and they're um, just what differed between them, but it was my way of sort of getting the opportunity to spend more time researching different companies and yeah. sort of see where I felt I could find a fit for myself. So smart. <laughs> I love that. You know, you know, I'm just beaming to hear you say <laughs> that, right? It's such, but it's, it's true. Such... It's funny. It came up recently and I was like, oh yeah, I did do that. I wasn't sure where I wanted to go. So I started researching these companies and made my thesis about it. So yeah. And, um, and for those who are unaware, like right around the time that, um, right around the time that Julie was graduating is when we started the shift, um, in our senior project to more of a best practices model where students could really, can really take that approach, right. To become experts on, um, on industries and on organizations and on a management topic that interests them and that sort of thing. And, and so what Julie's talking about doing it on loyalty programs, that's, that's like right in the wheelhouse of that. And that's just really, really fabulous to hear you say that, that, that was, um, that was a good decision to do that. So I love it. So let's talk about, let's talk about that journey with Fairmont. Right. And so you, um, you spent um, a, a little time in New York City, right? Is that is that right? And then and then back to to to, um, to California, and then to Boston, and then back to California. So let's talk. We're not gonna. We don't have to like talk about each step along the way. But when you think about that journey and that decision to go with Fairmont, what really um, what really led you to Fairmont? Yeah, um, I. When I was so when I was looking at where to go outside of school, I um, I don't know, I guess I just sort of there were things about it that kind of made me interested. It had a really interesting culture, a really significant uh, piece about trying to turn moments into memories. It's sort of the whole mantra of it was something that I could feel resonate with me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was really interested in that. I loved the locations. I I was really interested in some of the locations of the properties, the history behind them. Um, so I had reached out and did join their um, leadership training program outside of just after school. So I came up to San Francisco, as you mentioned, um, our property in New York is the Plaza. So equally historic has mm-hmm. quite an interesting history there. Um, so got to go support them for a little bit, which was eye-opening itself. And then to your point, came back to coming back and forth um, and then sort of settled back in San Francisco after about a year and a half in Boston. Um, And yeah, so I think it's just been this continuous interest in the company and the culture. Um, It's, you know, I, I guess maybe I don't believe that everywhere has the same. So I've felt really fortunate to be in a place that has the culture I've Feel I was looking for, and specifically the Fairmont San Francisco, I've always really enjoyed. So, you know, got I had the choice and the opportunity to try a few places and then sort of come back to a place I knew I really, really loved. Right. So let's let's delve a little deeper into that, Julie, um, for, for the listeners. So when you say a culture, um, when you say a culture, right? Uh, 
I, I I know, I think I know what you mean by that, right? But I think a hotel culture is a little bit different, right? Um, so so talk about um talk about what resonates with you, right? Like what it what is it? Is it is it the people? Is it the is it the mantra? You know, you said um what what did you say? Turning um, moments into memories. Moments into memories. <laughs> I love that, right? And um, yeah. And you know, since we've gone down this whole path of um, of experience industry management and experience design and co-creating experiences, I imagine there's a lot of that mixed in um, to the culture of what you're talking about. But I imagine it's a lot of things too, right? Like being supported by um, by upper management and and that sort of thing. So so delve into it a little bit deeper for us. Yeah. So um, so as you mentioned, so I think. You know, first and foremost, in your first few years, I, I was definitely intrigued by the building and it has so much history and the people and, you know, I love the teams I work with. Honestly, the housekeeping team here is the best I've ever worked with and they have so much heart and soul and it's it's just really special to be a part of them and then across the other departments too. I mean, I've overseen front office, guest services, like we have such great, phenomenal people that work here. So that plays into it. Um, the interesting people that come, um, it still makes it really fun to kind of get to meet all sorts of people or have different sort of events taking place. Um, to your point, absolutely experience is key. I mean, it's, it's everything, everything about coming to a hotel, right. Is experiential. You're trying to create an experience, whether it's a wedding or a guest day, just to come for a night, whatever it is, it's still an experience. So everything about it is absolutely experiential. So it makes so much sense. Um, I actually love that you guys changed it to that. I think it makes just, it just ties into everything and that's what everyone's looking for is experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I've had phenomenal leadership. Um, so a few years ago, um, what my brother has is genetic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just about four years ago, I lost vision as well. So I am um, actually legally blind now. Um, it's sort of hard to explain, but just in front of my vision is blurred out. So I can still see peripherally all around, uh -huh. but anything I'm looking right out is completely blurred out of my vision. Right. So um, when that happened, it was obviously, I mean, I knew it could happen, but it did. And um, sort of to your point of what is culture, I couldn't have had a better support system. It, kind of feels lucky I was back in a place that I already knew I liked for it to happen because I have been so supported by everyone around me, not just upper leadership. Yes, absolutely. And that's so important. But the colleagues around me are so good at understanding what I need and what support I need. And they just figured it out and found a new way. And I found a new way and we just continued moving forward. So right. um, yeah, it's it's been just great. I I just feel support from all around and it's something that I truly don't think happens everywhere. And I am just, I feel fortunate, but I also get to sort of be involved in a lot more now too, because not only can I still continue doing what I'm doing in different ways, but um, I most recently last year joined our corporate uh, DEI diversity, equity, inclusion committee uh -huh. for the North and Central America region. So I have now been able to sort of speak to how those things can you know, build importance and what that means and the resilience pieces and um, be involved in that change. So it's, it's, 
been interesting, but it's been a great ride with the company and they've been phenomenally supportive. That is, uh, that is so great to hear. And, and wow, I, um, um, I had no idea, Julie. And, um, but, but that, uh, um, when, when I asked you to <laughs> explain culture, right. And what that means. Wow. Wow. I can't imagine there being a, a, a any better, um, any better way to, 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 um, you know, say it, see it in, to see it in action, right? Like it's, uh, you, you lived it and, um, and that's fabulous. And, and I also love hearing, um, that, um, that disability, um, the disabilities has a spot at the table with, with DEI, you know, that, that wasn't always the case. Um, you know, when I'm, um, Dr. Dr. Jerusha Greenwood and I, along with Dr. Schwab, we, we teach a class now, a, a general education class, um, called sociocultural dimensions of work and leisure. And, and that's actually one of the topics is people with disabilities, and this this idea that the people with disabilities haven't always been at the diversity table, right? And so um, I love that a company like Fairmont is um, has uh, has someone like you to to be able to to voice that um, to voice that that at the table. And so that's fabulous to hear. So let's talk about what you're currently doing, Julie. And your job is director of rooms operations, right? So. Tell us in a nutshell. Um, now, obviously, I know one of the exciting things about what uh, about our industry is that uh, no two days are alike, right? But, um, of but course. <laughs> you know, but if you had to, if you had to uh, to tell us what your day to day is like, well, how would you explain it? Yeah. Um, so I have about ten. I receive about ten managers. About. 50 colleagues across a variety of departments. So um, of course, I love that every day isn't the same, but I think what I like a lot about my role is that it touches so many different things. So um, I get to do everything from recruitment, training, um, interacting with guests, but sort of to your earlier point, um, I, I like it to a point, but I don't know that I want to be doing it all day, every day, because it can be kind of draining. So right. um, I like that I get to do it some um, right. or when I want to. Right. That's how you get into leadership training, right? <laughs> exactly. It gives me the opportunity to sort of pick and choose. Um, right. And then just a lot of interacting with the colleagues and the team. And it's all about trying to make things better. So, um, I mean, which can also be daunting. Sometimes we get reminded, um, our general manager will remind us, you know, we're Sometimes it feels like a lot of negative, but it's only because all we're trying to do is fix and make better. And um, so it just, it's fun to try to make things elevate. Um, But I'm actually, worth noting, I'm actually transferring into the sales department next week, which is also fun because uh, um, sort of along with, again, the whole culture thing, um, this hotel and company is constantly talking about, okay, is it like, do you want to stay where you are or do you want to try something different? Do you want to move locations or do you want to move within this property? So um, I've been in this rooms division um, for, to your point, I think almost nine years in the same company. So how about trying something different, learning something new? So um, that's actually something I'm starting next week. So I'm very excited to learn something completely new. Right on. That's awesome. And so um you know, I've heard that before, Julie, that that's been one of the ways that 
that um, hospitality companies try to keep employees, um, you know, satisfied and happy and feeling like they're having, um, you know, a, a good experience and growth. And that that cross training element, um, I've always thought is like a really great model, right? Like, how can you solve a problem in one part of the hotel if you don't know what the other part of the hotel is doing, right? And so um, um, I, lo- I love that. And so will you in a sales role, will you be, um, will it be like group sales where you're like pitching weddings and pitching conferences and that sort of thing? Is that what? what yeah, it'll be about. Yeah, exactly. It'll be group sales, um, more on the room side. Um, again, just because mm. how can we play to the strengths I have? So I've done so many years knowing these rooms deeply yeah. from yeah. being in them and working with them. So, okay. Yeah. Then if that's my strength, how can I now transition that to, you know, use that to my benefit and to the hotel's benefit. Yeah. Really cool. I love it. That that is, um, that is, that is really awesome. So let's talk about a little bit, um, almost like a look back type thing, right? Like if you could say, all right, um, if, if there are sophomores or juniors or seniors who are interested in hospitality right now, like what would you from from your perspective and and having worked in hotels for for so long and, and been so successful in working in hotels, what would you say to to those juniors and seniors to um, help them prepare for a career in hospitality? I mean, I well, back to Cal Poly's mantra. I mean, I think hotels are truly the epitome of le- learn by doing. So I think that's one thing that kind of helps everyone that goes to Cal Poly when it comes to hospitality, because mm. I've seen people who sort of try to learn things first. And I mean, that's of course great, but everything is sort of in the moment, right? Like you're just, you're trying to make sure that you're reacting with as much information as you can and trying mm-hmm. to make the best of a situation. So I think by just jumping in and sort of figuring it out and asking questions, raising your hand, I think um, mm. I would say the only thing that I probably, didn't do enough was think that I had enough of a voice at first. I thought Mm. someone had to tap you or ask you to do something. And the more time you spend, that's not true at all. I mean, if as long as you're, you know, working hard and doing what you should be doing and like, you're someone that they want to keep around, like they want to hear from you and they want to hear what you want to do. And you're a part of that conversation. Right. So don't be afraid to use your voice and to to get that experience. I I love that. Um, So, you know, um, Obviously, I guess what has it been? Ten years now? Is Airbnb ten years old or, or or older? Maybe has it even been longer than that? Um, obviously, that was a pretty major disruptor in the hospitality industry, right? So, um, I am I am curious what you think in terms of like challenges for the hotel industry like what do you see as the next big and obviously you know you you went through a global pandemic we haven't even touched on that but, um, but you know obviously that was a huge huge issue and problem but but what do you see as um the major challenge or the major hurdle um uh for the hotel industry in in the coming years um i mean well what at least what we've seen regionally is this constant shift back and forth. So I don't know, like, it's funny. This is a very unique hotel too, because we have such a big variety. We do filmings and we do, you know, we have different people coming and then we have a big group and then it sort of changes on a regular basis. So I don't know if we see as many of the similar local trends, but 
Mm-hmm. We have seen since the pandemic, there were so many more people originally going to resort properties. So we were really quiet here in the city. And then now it's shifting back and it's sort of this like kind of going back and forth to where people feel safest or like feel well to come to. But um, so it's just it, trying to shift properly back and forth with it has been a bit of a struggle. So trying to make sure that we have enough like when when business comes back, you have to make sure you have enough people and that they're trained and uniformed and ready to support that. But then if it gets a little quieter, it's okay, well, how do you sort of support in that time and make sure that you're following all of the things that you want to still be doing, but mm-hmm. in a lower occupancy. Um, so just kind of being able to keep your mind wrapped around that, I think, has been mm. a bit of a back and forth. But um, otherwise, I mean, we've really seen a lot, a lot of tourism come back and mm-hmm. it makes it really fun all you can kind of focus on is okay well what we're here to make people enjoy themselves at the core root of it it's not you know rocket science so how do we look at it that way and find a way to make people enjoy themselves you know back to what we said before it's all about the experience yeah and that 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 element so so no matter what right no matter um how far we advance with technology and and automation and that sort of thing that people to people experience is is what ultimately um what ultimately drives things right and 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 makes people want to stay at a an iconic place like um the fairmont and um and so uh that that's pretty that's pretty exciting in and of itself i would imagine um and you know when you think about like when you think about an an office or a place to go to work i can think of a whole lot worse places than the fairmont san francisco for your uh for to go to work right definitely it's really fun to um try to move a meeting to one of the suites or something when we're overlooking the city skyline it's not that bad (laughs) right not bad at all huh so um so the last one that i'll ask you julie is um is if you could give your your junior year self some advice uh what would you what would you give yourself what advice would you give yourself i guess maybe that you don't need to make up your future um, yourself. I think a lot of times people try to sort of see their future out, or I think I had this idea of how things would play out. Um, and that's not, that's not really how anything happens. You can look back and see how things happened. Um, so I think just being open to whatever comes up and if, you know, an opportunity arises and it feels good, I mean, go with your gut, of course, don't just jump in anything, but if it could be good, there's no reason if it doesn't fit in your plan that, it can't happen. So I think just being open to those opportunities will always continue to open doors. Right. I I love that. I think we have a tendency when we're younger and I I know I look back on myself and I I idealize things a little bit too much. And we're kind of taught that throughout our life, right? Whether it be as little kids, when we're, when we're looking at the, um, you know, uh, (laughs) the knight in shining armor or the princess or whatever it might be. Right. And, and then as we go along and we age, we start to like, get these mental things of what's ideal, you know, what, what is ideal and and that sort of thing. And so I think that's just fabulous advice. Um, when I think back on my own experience, if I had idealized things a little bit less, I think I would have, um, had a better experience, um, in, in my early career 
And so I uh, I really appreciate um, that advice. And I really appreciate you taking the time um, today, Julie. Um, it's so great to see you. It's so great to, to, to hear your voice and to, um, to get to reconnect and just want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to pay it forward today. It's been my pleasure. It's so nice to reconnect with you. I've always loved all of you guys. It's been, it was so fun. It was the best university experience. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks so much. See ya. Yeah. Bye.